Hi, good people, and welcome to Black Women in Wellness, a podcast uplifting the voices of Black women doing the work of wellness in their communities. My name is Rachel Heath, and I'm the host and creator of this series. And today I'm going to be chatting with Issa Kushma. Issa is a disabled combat veteran from the United States Army with 25 years of service. She is a disciplined wellness coach and yoga instructor whose passion for total fitness encourages others to practice healthy lifestyles. She established this amazing fitness and wellness to provide knowledge, insight, and inspiration to anyone that is struggling to meet their fitness goals. An experienced athlete, Issa's journey consists of training in CrossFit, bodybuilding, nutrition coaching, TRX suspension training, competitive kettlebelling, and yoga. She instructs a myriad of fitness classes in person and online. I really enjoyed my chat with Issa. It was so just interesting and and informative to sit down with a veteran to talk about what wellness looks like um, from that lens and how to better serve such an important part of our community. Um, So I hope that you all will enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And let's get into it. good people this is post editing ray coming in with a few notes about this episode um so you may notice the sound of my favorite animal in the background of this recording um the amazing roosters that hang out around my home um and if you do notice that sound it's because Issa and i actually recorded this together in my home um also a few warnings um just just some things to be aware of going into the episode um Issa is giving us a veteran perspective and we get into some details about the reality of what that is we talk about ptsd which is post-traumatic stress disorder. We talk about TBI, which is traumatic brain injury. So I like to try and give you all some idea of what you're stepping into when episodes deal with kind of heavy topics. So it's a great episode. It's a great conversation. I always feel that way, but I also want to have some sensitivity around what you may be, uh, dealing with in your walk right now. And maybe if any of those things are triggering for you right now, this is an episode to listen to with a friend or maybe to listen to at a later time or date um, when those things are are not uh, causing a space of uh, distress. I'm so excited to have you here, Issa. Welcome to Black Women in Wellness. Um, I am here with Issa from It's Amazing Fitness and we are going to get into this conversation about how she came to be who she is. But first, I would love for her to have the chance to introduce herself to you in her own words. Hi, Issa. Hey, hey, hey. So, yes, I am Issa of It's Amazing Fitness and Wellness. I am a 25-year combat veteran, served in the Army, and now turned yoga instructor, wellness coach, and personal trainer. That's that's really me in a nutshell, honestly. I love it. And that's such a, a journey. And we're going to talk about that journey because I'm wondering, you know, how did you 
was wellness something that was present in your space when you were growing up or did you get into wellness like after you were an adult in the military and you just saw a need for it? Yeah, so I got into it as an adult during my military years and it really started that I was more into the fitness space because physical training with the army and later I was exposed to things other than push-ups and sit-ups and tie bow. And from that, I've noticed that there was a huge gap because I did one or the other. And so now that I'm out, I'm trying to not only incorporate fitness and wellness into my life, I'm trying to expose other people to the sort of marriage of them so that it doesn't have to be one or the other it kind of works better as a partnership i would totally agree with you there um and you mentioned that in the military fitness was something that you did like with your physical body with training and things like that i'm wondering what other kinds of training you've had along the way to becoming a yoga instructor and a wellness practitioner in the way that you are now so in the army i was just trained the way that they wanted me to be trained in the way of physical fitness and eventually kind of with the rise of the internet i started googling and researching things myself and started learning about nutrition and so long many years ago with the invention of penn university that was how i received my first nutrition coaching because again the military was not outside of basic training, they weren't talking to us about nutrition. Mm -hmm. And so I started learning about that on my own so that it, it could help me improve on my PT scores. And so I got certified that way. And then eventually I started personal training. I got interested in personal training and ended up getting a certification through ISSA. And when I started learning or being exposed to yoga on a complete humbug, I pursued a yoga teacher certification on my own. I got my 200 hours through yoga body, yoga teacher college. And so those are my main. Oh, and then I eventually went to the nutrition. I went to the Nutritious Life Nutrition School as well. And so that's pretty where my pretty much where my certifications kind of lie. Oh, and some of some niche physical fitness things too as well. I'm a kettlebell coach and I'm a TRX instructor. And so I've received my certifications in all of those too. So you have a, a really firm foundation and being a wellness provider in a lot of different modalities. And I'm wondering what that experience was like for you. And, and I always ask what the experience was like entering into those spaces as a black woman, but I'm also curious to know what it was like for you entering into those spaces as a person in the military and eventually a veteran. That's a really good question. It's been a journey because in a lot of those spaces, well, from being in the military and how I grew up, which I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, pretty conservative, black and white kind of city. I've always kind of been one of the only ones in the room. So outside of high school, I went to a very diverse grade school and high school, but in college, I was always one of the only black people in the room very often. So I got very comfortable in that space. So then when I joined the military, 
Similarly, a lot of times I was the only one in the room and I just kind of stopped noticing it. It it didn't even, it, it stopped being a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Now, as I started transitioning out of the military and kind of prepping myself to join the real world again, that's when it started becoming obvious, kind of like that that parable, the the emperor's clothes. Mm. I I, I kind of started noticing that I was naked, like okay. I'm the I'm the only one in the room, and that's because I started picking up on microaggressions that were being pointed towards me, and started looking around and noticing, like, I mean, perfect example. I had a boss that he treated me very funny, and I couldn't figure out. I knew he had an ism of mm. some sort, but I couldn't figure out was he sexist and this was sexism or was he a racist and this was racism because I looked around and I was the only woman in the room and the only black person in the room so I didn't know how to deal with that and that was closer to the tail end of my military career so then when I started trying to move into the fitness space outside of the military so when I would go to my CrossFit gym I would be like one of the only black people in the CrossFit gym. And this wasn't even a white CrossFit gym. It was a Mexican CrossFit gym. But I was like one of the only black people. And I try to talk to the owner to be like, hey, black folks do CrossFit. And there are black people here in El Paso. But we like to go to places where we are welcomed. And nothing about your website seems very welcoming. Now, the person I am, I'm going to do it anyway. But I understand that other people will not. And same thing as I started moving into the yoga space, I, of course, I was the only one in the room, especially living in a predominantly Mexican city. Mm -hmm. So I still haven't found truly my people. But that's not going to stop me. That just means I have to work even harder to find my people, which is why I travel a lot and I spend a lot of time online and I've started to find once I once I threw the rock it started becoming easier to find uh people who look like me in the wellness space but I ran into people like you I ran into you and I've run into one of my friends Joa who owns a yoga sanctuary and I so I find my people more online Mm -hmm. and that's okay for me that's okay and and I think that's a really wonderful thing about the the space that we move in. There's it's so expansive, and it's accessible for a lot of different kinds of people, right? If you can't find it outside, you can find it online. Although I always caution people that you have to use your powers of discernment when Absolutely. you are finding people online. But we do have a lot more options, I think, to engage with wellness spaces. Um, so we don't just have to be limited to what's outside for us. Um, I'm curious also just how it's been for you moving in the wellness space as someone from the military, because we in in wellness spaces have a tendency to be, well, not people who've been in the military, just to put it plainly, right? Um, and I think that wellness is for everyone and I think we all benefit from it, but there's something really special about being able to engage with it with someone who has your lived experience. I feel like I'm asking you two questions, but what was it like for you moving in this wellness world as someone from a military background? I wanna start with that one. Okay, so, <laughs> 
moving from the wellness moving into the wellness space coming from the military has been very very difficult i still struggle with it every single day on what it looks like and sometimes i don't know how to move because i want to reach my people but wellness is not what we talk about in the military mm-hmm. wellness is very woo 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 in our brains it pro- it's i'm sure it's that way in society but it's definitely that way in the military what has helped is the military is starting to move to these holistic spaces as well they're not there yet but they're trying to turn the titanic uh so that is helping me a little bit but when you're when you've been very very type a and very living a very rigid way of thinking way of living way of doing way of being and now you're trying to move into the wellness space which is very abstract and Mm -hmm. very go with the flow and can be very malleable many a times i feel like i don't know what i'm doing Mm -hmm. many a times i get stuck and even trying to package it in a way that it is received by who my core audience is it, it gets very difficult because I really see the need for military people to have it, and especially our veterans, because we get out of the military and our whole entire community is ripped away from us. Mm-hmm. And we're oftentimes left by ourselves and left to our own thoughts, and which is why you have to tap into self, which pulls right back into yoga and that journey of self. So we absolutely need it. Mm-hmm. It's just, we've it's been demonized or just not talked about to us while we were in the military. So trying to figure out like, how do I show you that it's needed? Cause everyone is not gonna have an epiphany in Bali like right. I did. <laughs> yeah, and, and I wanna, wanna talk about the epiphany in Bali, but I, I also wanna talk about the fact that you are a proprietor of a wellness brand, which is Issa Fitness and Wellness, and you are trying to bring these modalities to your target audience, which is people in the military and people coming out of the military. And I, and I want to know a little bit more about how you started that and, and what it is that you're doing with it um, and what you're hoping to see it grow into. Okay. So again, I kind of fell into it on my own. It's just that I I did all the things. I was completely stressed out. Com- it's on so much anxiety medication that I didn't know what to even do with myself. I I was taking medicines that I didn't even need that didn't even go together. Mm-hmm. And I I would make I was making myself even sicker just trying to be able to function and and do all the things and give to all the things and just i hit a point where i i I had a whole nother calling which led to bali and i went to bali on a yoga retreat Mm -hmm. i didn't even practice yoga when i went i just went because i wanted to go to bali and i didn't want to go to bali by myself because i had never traveled outside the country by myself so i got on the internet i found a yoga retreat went to bali didn't even do yoga half the time, couldn't hardly do it, but it was an instructor that it worked for me. 
She was gentle. She understood beginner bodies and she was very patient. So that right there went against what I had ever thought of yoga. Cause I had gone to a couple of yoga classes before that were extremely hard and Ashtanga based. And the instructor just taught from the mat and was like, get in where you can fit in, mm-hmm. you know, and that didn't work. So now to be somewhere where I'm with them all the time, for a week or so in this beautiful place. And I was like, oh, this is kind of what I think was missing, but I still shied away from it because military. Mm -hmm. And that Bali trip, because I was so stressed out, I actually missed the entire day because I booked my flight wrong. Mm -hmm. My brain couldn't separate 12 noon and 12 midnight. I've done that before. Yeah. (laughs) And that was already a wake up call that something needed to give. And then while I was in Bali, I went to a, I left the retreat and explored on my own, went to a shamanic yoga session or a shamanic breathwork session, had no idea what it was, did not know what I was getting myself into. And while I was there, the ancestors came and talked to me and my spirit guide talked to me and told me that I am supposed to do this. I am supposed to help people like myself and make yoga more accessible to the military and to our veterans because it is needed. I was like, uh, whatever, but it kept coming back. And then when I got back to the United States, I was like, well, I'm not one to shy away from my inner calling. Cause I really believe that that's what it was. And I just started the process of that. And I teach, so I do teach in El Paso. I'm trying to build my business out more online. I'm also trauma informed certified so I can get in with the VA and get on base and start reaching more of our veterans and more of our active duty personnel and kind of show them that. So I I use my fitness as the end Mm -hmm. because I'm very fit. And I, even though I'm not in the military anymore and I don't have that body exactly, I still very much look athletic and look like I was in the military. So that's kind of my end. Like that's my key into the, to the club. And then once people realize like, oh, you're military. Cause you seem so calm, relaxed and Zen. Well, what's that about? Mm-hmm. And then I say, oh, well, yes, I am a yoga teacher. <gasps> you're a yoga teacher. So now I'm an oxymoron, mm-hmm. but I seem very cool. And it makes people want to know more and makes them want to lean in. And then I share my journey and I say, well, you know, I can help. I can help you. I can help guide you on your yoga journey. And oh, yoga is not just about being in these poses because of course we get that like, oh, I can't do a headstand. Well, I don't want you to do a headstand. Right. That's that's not the kind of yoga. I'm, that's not my classes. I, I want you to connect your movement with your breath. I want you to be more mindful. I want you to practice gratitude and just just try those things and, and a, some journaling along the way. And through those things, I'm pretty sure more doors will open up for you that may, maybe you'll eventually down the line want to do a headstand. I don't know, but if not, that's okay too. I don't do headstands every day. (laughs) Me doing headstands have nothing to do with yoga. That's me and my fitness stuff. Uh, and ultimately I see it's amazing fitness and wellness branching out to being able to support individual and very small niche group retreats mm-hmm. where I can I can do things with you and help establish plan wellness plans with you 
by working with you for a week in person versus you popping into some yoga classes here and there. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to bring you down and expose you to more than just doing crow pose mm -hmm. or something like that. I want to I want to introduce you into meditation, mindfulness, gratitude, journaling, breath work, and some asana poses. Mm -hmm. And and bring it to you in a very real way that I see myself expanding and having other wellness practitioners come and expose, you know, so that you can get a nice smorgasbord, a small, small tasting smorgasbord that now hopefully it's at least open your eyes that your healing journey can, you can still be on your healing journey outside of a bunch of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication and pain medication and headache medication. Mm -hmm. Like you can explore some things for yourself and have that backstop when, you know, just in case the world shuts down again right. and you can't go to the doctor. And now you are so codependent on your opioids that you're swinging from a chandelier. I don't want that. Or you feel like suicide is your only way out. I don't want that. I want you to know that we have everything we need right inside of us. And we just need to, I just need to hand you a key. Mm -hmm. You choose to walk through the door, but I want to be able to hand you the key by first even showing you that there, there's a key to another door. Mm -hmm. so. I love that answer because it's so complete. And I feel like if I were a veteran and you were to say those things to me, I would definitely be interested in your retreat. And I think you're right. I think the fact that you also were in the military, that you present yourself the way you do, that you, you have your in, right? I'm wondering though, for other wellness practitioners that are working with folks from the military, what is, what is some advice you would give to those practitioners about approach and just like maybe some tools that they can have in their back pocket to make sure that they're offering a space that's conducive to what the wellness that's needed, I guess. That's a good question because I was actually asked once before, would I have come to yoga faster if it was a military person? Mm -hmm. And no, no. Because again, the person that brought me to yoga, sort of speak from that retreat, she wasn't military at all. And she had enough of the qualities. So just understand that that's kind of the basis of my answer is uh, if you want to reach military you need to understand us. Mm -hmm. Understand that we are different. We come, we, we have been trained with a very different and rigid mindset. Mm -hmm. So I have not researched a lot of different trauma-informed uh, trainings, but I would highly recommend someone do a trauma. If they want to teach military, please do a trauma-informed uh, session. Mm -hmm. Please take the time to learn really about PTSD, not these quick Instagram posts on PTSD. Like go watch some YouTube videos about PTSD because in many, many ways, military people have PTSD and it is not the person always, it's not always mm -hmm. the person cowering in the corner of a room with a gun to their head. That is the outlier. That is the clickbait outlier, dare I say. P 
PTSD shows up in so many ways in veterans. And as I'm learning about it, I am absolutely advocating for more people to learn about traumatic brain injuries, Mm -hmm. because that's not a thing that's specifically to the military. It's not a thing specifically to athletes. However, there are many, many military people that have traumatic brain injuries and they don't even know. And that affects them and it affects their PTSD in ways that the average person has no idea. I had, I have a TBI, I have a traumatic brain injury and didn't even realize all the ways in which it affected how I moved in my body. It affected how my brain thought and my cognitive functions and, uh, just having the education on traumatic brain injuries and how it affects different parts of the brain has helped me even become a better instructor. And I'll, I'll give a very quick, a, a very quick situation for yoga teachers to be aware of mm-hmm. the smells that we use in class. That can be very, very triggering for a lot of military people because we were overseas. And so the smell of Amber, or sandalwood or in just even just incense alone can be very triggering to us because when we walk through the towns there was incense burning everywhere mm. or something as simple at which it's very hard for me to listen to sometimes is the diva prayer i think that's how you pronounce it d-e-v-i i hear it in a lot of yoga classes oh, davy see i don't even know how to pronounce it it's okay. but that prayer even though it's you know, from India, it's some of the tonalities are very, very close to what we would hear when we walk through Iraq, Afghanistan, Jordan, Syria, when they play the music, like the call to prayer or some of the other music over the loudspeakers. So that can be very, very triggering. So I'm trying to relax. And oftentimes you'd hear it in relaxation pose. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to relax and I'm having a whole flashback on the mat. <laughs> and if you don't understand how trauma works or you don't understand how PTSD works, you don't understand that. And and I'm not saying adjust all your classes to that, but just be cognizant that if you are dealing with veterans, you may not want that kind of Middle Eastern, Asian type of influence music playing or the smells that you use in your class or even touching someone. You need to let it be known if you are the kind of instructor that one, teaches off the mat or two, you make physical adjustments. That needs to be very, very clear that that is your teaching style when you're trying to teach veterans. Because I teach off the mat. But when I get ready to walk around class, I actually announce that you will hear me walking around mm-hmm. so that I am creating I'm creating some sort of uh, this is the TBI. The word is slipping my brain right now. Uh, uh, familiarity, like mm-hmm. I'm letting it be known that yeah. this is what's going to happen. Or if I touch someone, I ask before a class even starts if they are OK with physical touch. Because we also have a lot of people that have military sexual trauma, men and women. And so they may not be at a place in their journey where they want to physically be touched. Mm -hmm. And so I let it be known that, hey, I'm even after they say that they're okay, I announce it that I'm going to touch you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, and I would say that those are awarenesses to have just in general, if you're working with the public, because you don't know who's showing up to your yoga class. Um, and, and I like that you said, you don't have to adjust everything that you do, but there's a, a, a space for communication that doesn't always happen. And I know I'm guilty of this as well, because we are kind of programmed to like set the stage um, without necessarily always thinking of who we're setting it for. Absolutely. And I do remember, um, you know, there was this one cue that we got in yoga training where they said you could have a basket of just pebbles. And if someone didn't want to be touched, they could put the pebble on their mat. So, you know, not to even, you know, approach because sometimes having to say it out loud can make folks feel uncomfortable. Too. Right. So you try to give people a way to engage in the classroom space without having to go outside of their comfort zone, because that's not what they're coming there for, right? They're not coming there to have these kind of psychological challenges. They're probably coming to try and relax. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I also find it fascinating to hear about the music because that's not something that I would have ever picked up on, that something that is so relaxing to one person can be a trigger for someone else because of the service that they did. Right. Um, and I think that's where you have such a unique set of skills to be able to kind of inform people who are working with veterans about things to look for and things to do. Absolutely. Because I teach class with music. Mm -hmm. I, I use my music to actually guide my class. But after I got the trauma-informed training, again, just because how, how trauma shows up in me may not be how it shows up in someone else. So that's where even me being a person who lives with PTSD, I needed to understand more, I needed a broader perspective of PTSD. Mm -hmm. Because also that ain't, that's not something we talk about in, in the army. We don't talk, we don't sit around and kumbaya our trauma. That's just not what we do. We barely go to therapy, bless it. Mm -hmm. So I needed to know other ways in which triggers happen. And so it made, I, I adjusted my playlist as well mm -hmm. to be more cognizant of some of the music that I had playing in my class. So that again, I'm, I just made a slight adjustment that considered someone else. Mm -hmm. And also if I'm told after class, instead of me, this is just kind of a yoga instructor thing, period, is I didn't take it personal. Of course. Because, I, and I tell them like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for letting me know that. Because mm -hmm. again, just because it doesn't bother me, doesn't mean that it bothers someone else. Right. Oh, and I, there was one more caveat to when you're teaching veterans, because I try to, and again, it's really a general thing, but it shows up way more when you're dealing with people with injuries is because I could touch my toes today does not mean I can touch my toes tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And how you approach your, especially your military people getting into these shapes and you know, you, this ain't, this ain't personal training. You're not trying to push them mm -hmm. and understand that. Yeah. Today, they may not even be able to touch their knees let alone their toes. And you're thinking, oh, but you've touched your toes three times last week. That pain shows up in, in the weirdest ways for us. Mm -hmm. And that's where you, how you 
deal with the fact that their body today is not doing something that their body did yesterday. That's just a certain sensitivity that we have because we already tend to feel like our entire body is revolt. When you have people that deal with chronic pain, which again, a lot of veterans, whether they admit it or not, are popping pain pills like Tic Tacs. Mm -hmm. That is a thing that we absolutely feel is that our body has betrayed us. And so for you to point it out to me today <laughs> that my body betrayed me is not as helpful as one would think it is. Yeah. And and I, I again, I think these are awarenesses to have just in general. Um, everybody shows up to the mat differently. Right. Um, and a lot of folks are dealing with chronic pain. Um, and so, you know, I know some days I can't touch where I want to touch. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and there's this fine line, I think, between when I was doing my training, we talked a lot about finding your edge, which is going to be different from day to day. That's different than proposing that someone challenge themselves. And I think especially folks like maybe athletes or military folks that are used to having to just suck it up and do whatever is needed, right. they will. And they Absolutely. may do that to the detriment of their practice. Absolutely. Um, and so understanding just because you see someone pushing doesn't mean that it's in a good way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we live on the edge. <laughs> so... Just kind of keeping in mind all of the things that we're growing into in this wellness industry and all of the ways that we're kind of growing into serve people. Um, how would you like to see the wellness space evolve, let's say, over the next five years? I would like to see the wellness space evolve in a non-Instagram pretty way. Say that again. I would like to see the wellness space evolve in a non-Instagram pretty way. Mm -hmm. Just whatever that looks like to you, that's what I want to see. Because bless it, but there is a gift and a curse to Instagram and the pictures. Well, and I think just the way that we're inundated with media in general, it's made these practices performative in a way that people feel like, the superficial is more important than the intention behind what's being done. So you may look absolutely beautiful in your bow pose and be <laughs> in pain because you push past an edge. Um, and you may not be even doing the work of opening the heart and feeling the lightness in the body to get there. It's just kind of, you know, how do I get the picture? Absolutely. And that's that. And it's the same also in the my answer is the same for the fitness space as well, which that's why most people come on my Instagram page. It's amazing fitness. If they come on my Instagram page, they won't see a lot of testimonies. Like They probably won't see any testimonies and they won't even see clients. They'll see me. Mm -hmm. And even with that, people won't see different like progress pictures of me. They'll really just, see, really, if you want to see my journey, follow my page and go back and look at my face, mm -hmm. look at my soul, look at what I post. That's where the meat of the journey is. And that can't be captured in 
a before and after mm-hmm. picture. My before and after picture doesn't doesn't look like anything Instagram worthy. My right. before and after is more of a Facebook post, yeah, or some, or a blog post. Uh, and so sometimes people forget that I'm even still an athlete, or that I still weight train three four times a day because I'm not showing my flexed abs at the moment i'm not always showing my kettlebell training pictures that doesn't mean that well i'm not kettlebell training right now but that doesn't mean that i'm not still doing the things it's just not what i'm posting because i don't want you to do things to look like me or to be as strong as me i want you to pay attention to the words Mm -hmm. to the actual journey of it all which is why i enjoy much better being on a podcast or an Instagram live where we can have a conversation, mm-hmm. you know, I'd rather have just random receipts of living life, me not being on my couch all day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and me being out in Costa Rica connecting with people. I would rather have that than a picture of my macros or a picture of me doing crow pose or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much intention that goes into what we do when we are meeting ourselves in a physical challenge that gets lost when we're trying to look a certain way. Right. And that's how people get injured. That's how we enter into practices that aren't sustainable. And if it's not sustainable, how can it be wellness? Exactly. Because wellness is something you do for your life, not something you do to fit into the bikini. Absolutely. Even me as a personal trainer, my philosophy, like I barely take on clients that are saying yes to the dress, mm-hmm. so to speak. That's Those aren't my clients. My clients are the ones who want to be able to play with their children. They're, they, they have grand, they're, they're in their 40s and 50s and they have grandchildren that they want to play with. Mm-hmm. They live by themselves, especially like a lot of our veterans. They don't have a family and they want to be able to at least get themselves up if they fall on the floor. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to drive themselves to the hospital. And I say that because there's I have plenty of video of me crying in the car because I cannot drive myself to the hospital. It physically hurt it used to physically hurt me to be in my car trying to drive 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I need to call someone to come and get me so that I can lay in their back seat. Mm-hmm. That is the kind of fitness I I I'm going for. I'm not going for the I got a wedding in 90 days. That is the kind of yoga that I am going for. I'm going for the yoga that um I don't want to take a crap t- Now if your doctor say take a crap ton of opioids, go ahead. Yeah, please take your medications, right. folks. But if it's if you are interested in finding an alternative that is what I'm trying to show you that there is another way if something happens and you that's not your end all be all and you can't take it. That does not mean that your world is over. If you can't sleep at night and you don't have access to the things that your doctor has given you, I want to show you that, hey, we can use yoga nidra to maybe calm your brain a little bit so that you don't have a completely sleepless, restless night. Mm -hmm. I don't give a crap if you can do chaturanga with your hips off the mat. 
I don't care anything about that. That's not, I, I don't care if you can sit cross leg for an hour. If you're not hitting that Zen phase, that's what I care about. Mm-hmm. If you can't calm your nerves long enough to sit for 10 minutes, and again, I'm speaking from personal experience. If you can't calm your mind and you and the energy in your body long enough to sit or create the space for yourself for 10 minutes and just even go on a 10 minute walk, that that that's who I want. Mm-hmm. I want the person that can't get off their phone and stop mindlessly scrolling to pay attention to the birds chirping in the background. You're who I want. And that that ain't Instagram pretty. Yeah. So what what programs and what projects are you working on right now where people can engage with the yoga that you're offering in the wellness and the fitness and all of those good things? So the easiest way is to <laughs> DM me. Mm-hmm. But the project that I am work what I am actually working on, but it it's not in its um, publishing stage yet is I am trying to build a community of a community and a space for our veterans to come specifically our women veterans or anyone who wants to have a customized wellness program and also have a support system as they go through it. I'm not there yet. Right now I'm on a very individual slide in my DMs, I'll send you a questionnaire basis, but I want to eventually have where all my DMs can come together mm-hmm. and feed off of one another. And I'm also spending a lot of time trying to work on a book mm-hmm. as well that kind of explains my journey and how it can help other people as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm still very much in a customized kind of way. Mm-hmm. And we'll have all of Issa's links so that you can get in touch with her, direct message her about um, getting into yoga practice. And I, I'm wondering, I know that you're a resource for folks, but I'm wondering if there's a resource that you found as a veteran, as a black woman, as a person wanting to get into yoga and wellness that was really helpful for you. Yes. So one, the biggest resource is when I was dealing with the traumatic brain injury is I reached out to they actually reached out to me first, but I went to Tulane University's Center for Brain Institute. They have a fantastic veterans program uh, to help deal with traumatic brain injury. So that's number one. There are two websites that I'm part of their community for veterans and yoga, which is Warriors at Ease. And they have like they have their community kind of built out. And then I am a teacher with the Veteran Yoga Project. So that community as well are good as as far as just, they, I can't remember which one it is, but they do periodic challenges that kind of brings people into wellness. And I've gotten a lot of resources from them before I was ever certified, I followed them. I read their newsletters and things like that. So I, I stand behind both of those veteran uh, nonprofit. They call them VSOs, Veteran Service Organizations. And we'll make sure to have those links in the show notes as well, folks. So check the show notes. There will be resources there. Um, and I'm wondering, as we close out, Issa, if you have 
any final word that you'd like to share with folks? Uh, yeah, sure. For anybody, whether you are a veteran, whether you are a black or brown person, whether you're a woman, I want you all to understand that your wellness journey, you do not have to go on your wellness journey alone. Absolutely reach out to someone. You don't have to tell somebody all your business. Just reach out. If I know for me, certainly, if I don't have the answer, within 48 hours, I got somebody that can, that can help you on whatever your specific wellness journey is. Like you do not, I did mine alone for a very long time. Google and I are best friends. It doesn't have to be that way. There's somebody out here that can help you and it does not always cost a lot of money. So just be vulnerable enough to say, I need help. And I think that's a wonderful note to end our conversation. Thank you, Issa, so much for sharing your story. I can't wait to share it with everyone here. Um, and I'll remind folks, do check out the show notes to get information about Issa and what she is doing and how to get in touch with her. And you'll also find information about how to get in touch with the podcast and the show notes as well. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wow. I feel like I just got schooled in the best way. I am so grateful to Issa for coming and speaking with me and with all of you about the work that she's doing in the world of wellness as a veteran. Um, please do check out the show notes to get links to her amazing Instagram. And we also have links to resources that she mentioned in the episode for veterans who are looking to amplify their wellness. Um, and check out our information as well. You can find all of the information you need to get in touch with Black Women in Wellness in the show notes. Um, I love to hear from you. Uh, if you are a Black woman working in the wellness space and you want to be featured on this podcast, please do reach out. We also have a website um, where there's a blog space for anyone who wants to share their expertise in written form. Um, but for all concerns with the podcast, you can reach out to blackwomeninwellness at gmail.com and you'll find that address in the show notes as well. So thank you all for listening. And until next time, good people, be safe and be well. <laughs>